Hey world, it's your girl TD Moyo and this right here is the round table and today we're going to talk up all of the things and them. Today we're going to get right into it and we're talking about pop culture. Are you guys ready? Yeah. 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 You guys feeling good in that? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Alright, I'm going to jump right into it for a game I like to call Talking the Hardest. Inspired by some South London pop culture, aka Gigs SN1. But um, yeah, so the way this game works is like this. I'm going to say a term or I might say a little phrase, a little word and I just want to hear what you guys think, what's popping. Is that cool? Yeah. Alright, we'll get right into it. Hashtag me too. What comes to mind? Awareness. Awareness. R. Kelly. Oh, she went straight there. Straight Women. in there. <laughs> what did you say, Gina? Women. Women, yeah. Most definitely. Selfies. 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 Elaborate a bit more, guys. The Me Too movement has... It's been big in a lot of public spaces, the Oscars, the Grammys, it's been big online. And just as, as young millennials, where do you feel that you fit into the Me Too movement right now? For me personally, I feel like the Me Too movement is things that were that are from the older generation that are being open to, that are being brought to the front of the forefront now. So where I fit in this, no, I, don't, I don't feel part of it. I just feel like it's exposing things that happen in the dark. Not, ne not necessarily, because when you look at, when you look at the, the ideas behind the Me Too movement, it's about, you know, women in certain circumstances feeling abused, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, and, so, and so what happens is that that's generational, that's passed down. These are habits that are cultural yeah. and that, that are passed down. So, like, there's a young generation of boys that, you know, like, with the sexting thing that kids were going through in school and all of that stuff, that's part of that as well and so it's on learning those things so to detach it and make it something about the older generation is actually not accurate because actually these are ideas like the, that you know female empowerment is something that should be a given now but yeah, it's yeah, not do you get what i'm saying and and so that's not like an old people problem that's a problem that i feel like this generation needs to face full front as well but we talk about it more now don't we like yeah. I, I i don't think we talk about it more i just think it's easy to hear about it because of technology yeah. i think it's been going on for it's years now i mean yeah. if you guys look back to generations and generations even before christ males were superior to females mm -hmm. and that's gone down as, as femi was saying mm -hmm into generations and now you're seeing it not in the for not in the forefront of you know um men stay at home and women do you know more gender equality yeah? no, i totally yeah. feel you i'd love to hear from the ladies yeah like, i think just where's your position on that and, and where do you fit into the me too movement yeah i think from a female perspective i think it's also knowing your rights and knowing what should be the norm so i think as you to your point it is true that these are culturally something that has been passed down but also from females, I think we tend to sort of accept things or not to have a voice. And I think with people in the corporate world and with in every industry, like good female leaders that are now coming up, they've given us the ability to be at the table, to have a voice, to know what our rights are and what is right or wrong. So if like 20 years ago, if like an older man in the acting industry was to take advantage of a woman, she'd probably think, oh, that's the norm, that's what I have to do to get ahead. Mm -hmm. But now we know as our females what, what our dignity is, what our honour is, mm -hmm. and what our rights are, and that anything that falls below that, we're not going to say yes to it, and we don't have to, and we know that we don't have to accept these things anymore. So I think mm -hmm. it's be giving females that voice and giving females that confidence to know that just because a lot of industries we're in are run by men doesn't mean that we need to yield to what standards yeah. have been put in place mm. before us. From what um, Martin has said, when you were talking about it's been in the past and stuff, I have personal experience. So I'm from this generation and I have personal experience and I can remember when Me Too came out and I also remember when I was molested when I was younger and um, when I 
approached my parents and I told my parents and the look of, come on, get out, like, how can you make up such a story? Because this person was from in the family. And I remember I was so hurt. I was like, wow, they don't believe me. So I kind of kept it in. I'm not one of those like people where something happens to you and then it didn't affect your whole life. I think I, I didn't have that route, but mm-hmm. I know I couldn't. No one heard me, yeah. and I just yeah. kind of moved on. And now people, exactly. you, know. you know, they're open to the conversation. People are being heard, and I think that's so important. And I think that's possibly where we all fit in. I'm going to move on to something totally different. Love Island. Oh, God. No. It's important. <laughs> it's wow. I think it's important. I think it's important. I think it's important. Let me just say I something. You have time. I can work a 12-hour day, but when I go home, I need a cup of tea in a Love Island. It relaxes my nerves. <laughs> so what? We're not watching Love Island. No, do, you know, do, do you know what? Can we, can we explain how that works to me? Yeah. Can you explain to me the aftermath of Love Island? I don't comprehend naked people. Like, I don't get it. Let's break it down. Do you know what it is? I can accept that it is a... It might be a trash show. Mm-mm, the, it is. Content, not in my team. Yeah, it, it, is, is. it is. It is. <laughs> it is. It is. Shall I tell you what it is? I don't actually think it's the show that's what makes it entertaining. It's the fact that every single person who's watching it and then the banter on the timeline, that's what makes it entertaining. Yeah, the well. engagement, I suppose. But yeah. then I, I, I guess it's kind of visualising, to break it down, it's people are put into a house, they have to cut, they have to couple up. And then the, the couple who stays together the longest is the one who wins. Can you just do no, this outside? But then, but then, kind of, isn't that how like, date, like dating, like dating is kind of like that now? It's so quick and it's it's kind it's of fickle. It's a swipe, isn't it? Nowadays, so like, yeah, so like it's, it's you. You're, if you talk to someone for like let's say three months, now you're an item like autom- oh. automatically. Like whether whether you say something or you don't say something. So I feel like Love Island is a true representation of you. You might not like the people who are in it, but the the, the framework of Love Island is how people get into relationships. When they just go on holiday for the chef one of it and come out and see reality. I've been on, I've been on holiday, I'm feeling love. I don't 100%. think we can blame the contestants. <laughs> I think if we ask the question to every single person on this table right now, would you go on Love Island? Yeah. Which, bearing in no. mind, in retrospect, puts you probably a couple hundred thousand more followers than what you have already. A blue tick. Um, and investment and, and, and sponsorship. I got oh, that shit. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, and you know what they say in this in this generation as well, like attention and social media following is, is seen as a new currency. But that is the danger of Love mm. Island, and there are people that mm. have unfortunately lost their lives because mm. of this show yeah. because it is the height of social media. It's mm. the height of Instagram influences because it's the height of being scrutinized on every single thing mm. you're doing and then people talking about what you're doing and people who are talking about what you're talking about, what yeah. they're doing. And it's, I honestly think that, and social media is like a big passion of mine because I feel like we need to control it because it's affecting people's mental health. Like mm. people at the end of the day are not being able to handle the level of scrutiny that they're getting. I agree, but I, I just feel like it's part and parcel of the way life works now. I, I feel like in, what it, no, but in whatever sector you work in, in whatever sector you work within, you're going to be scrutinised on social media or you're going to get messages saying, oh, Femi, I watched that film, I didn't like it, it was rubbish. Like, and, and you know... That's to an it's a different level. No, it's a different level. No, but it's, it's, it's 100,000. But you've 100, chosen 000, But I've chosen step, to be part yeah. of that movement. I've chosen... I've chosen I've decided, I've woken up one day and I'm like, oh my gosh, I would love the fame and accolade that comes with Love Island. Yeah. Then you have to be prepared for the other side as well. Of and so I just feel like, you know, we can sit here and we can blame 
we can blame like you know um production companies and tv channels but ultimately what you have to remember is that people choose to go onto these shows but what the shows should do is offer support exactly. when people come out. I don't know what that, I mean like you look at Jeremy Carr and what happened yeah, like, exactly. the fact that they had to take exactly. it down because someone committed to, like killed themselves because of what happened on the show and right. how toxic that show was yeah. and they did they didn't really have proper aftercare they made exactly. out like they did but they yeah. didn't really and so with with these shows that have the pot potential to be toxic you need there to be lots of aftercare. Because people choose what they want to go. I agree with you, we're all adults, we're all consenting, it's responsible. But a lot of the time, we don't know what we want and we don't know what the implications mm. are of our choices. And that's why the government regulates so many things and loads of other third party people regulate things. And mm. social media is not regulated. It's, I mean, it's one of the new things that haven't been watched over. So I feel like it's the role of people who have that you know, knowledge. But if, help sorry, out. regulating, I think, in, in the long run, is going to affect people's businesses. Well, I don't think that the show is necessarily the problem, but I think these shows are, are symptoms of a deeper problem. Like, why do we need Love Island? Because people crave love. People like to watch other people being in love mm -hmm. because they're looking for real love themselves. So where is a place where we can find real love rather than trying to, you know, I've never watched Love Island, mm -hmm. but I'm listening to what everyone's saying. I think that rather than trying to tackle the symptoms, which we so often do in society, there must be a core problem. Yeah. And I think the core problem is we were created to be in relationship with something bigger than ourselves. And we'll keep trying to fill that with other things until, until we find that. So I think I don't feel the need to go on Love Island. I don't feel the need to have a couple hundred more thousand pounds. I don't feel the need to have a couple hundred more thousand followers. If that comes, then great. But you know, what's the purpose? Because when I die, none of that, none of that stays. It's the legacy so that the you leave purpose? behind. What is the purpose? For me? You, yeah, for you. And, and, and what is the bigger thing? What is this relationship that you know that you have? I think um, when, when Jesus left the earth, you know, he said, um, go into all the world, make disciples of all men. Mm. And he also said that I'll be with you to the end of days. So I think that's our job, you know, it's that simple. Why else are we here? Either God's real or he's not. If he's real, it's worth everything. If he's not, it's worth nothing. I believe he's real, so that's what my life's about. Yeah. Okay, so you guys have probably been seen online. Kanye West's Sunday services. What do you guys think? I think they might be kind of dope, so what do you guys think? I think what he's doing is wicked. He's bringing up his family into a Christian community. I mean, how often have we seen that where celebrity openly creates a church service for their family and puts it out there in the open? I think what he's doing is amazing. I think. The only problem is, is, is Kanye West and where Kanye West goes, there's going to be controversy. Yeah, literally. I'll be honest with you, if I think, if I think anybody else done that, I th I, even if Drake done that with his family, I don't think there'd be a co any controversy about it. I actually agree with yeah, that. Yeah, I agree. And I think, that, I, think it's, I think the fact that he's so publicly worshipping God mm -hmm. and he's not asked nobody for their money, mm -hmm. he's not asked nobody to invest, he's just saying, listen, 100%. I'm going out to the country on a Sunday, me and my choir are going to just worship, mm -hmm. we're going to play with music. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you something, yeah, he's controversial, but half of, you, half of these lots of pastors are controversial. Yeah, exactly. are controversial. So we're going to point at one man's, if we're going to point at Kanye's controversial, you better start praying at all the other mega churches and the small African yeah. churches and You know what it is? I just feel like I feel like this whole like you know Kanye is standing on Christianity and all of that stuff. I just feel it's so complex. Like you know people in the public eye. Like for me, I never say I never go out and say yeah I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian because actually 
there's some things that I might do that's not Christ-like. And so what it does to like young Christians that don't understand my actions is that they look at me and they'll be like, oh, do you know, they even look at me and think, oh yeah, because Femi did that, that's cool, I can do it as well. But like, these are issues that I'm still working out myself. Like, do you get what I'm saying? But because of who I am, it's playing out in the public eye. And then you've got on the other level, you've got non-Christians being like, ha ha, look at him. <laughs> he said he's a Christian and he's doing that. And so it's really difficult for like, you know, I'm not Kanye. But like, you know, I've been acting, filmmaking like for like 15, going on 20 years now. And so like things that you do, you're a bit like, oh my gosh, like not everything fits into, uh, could I show this to my pastor on Sunday? No, but then I'm here and I'm turning up and I'm drinking Hennessy and I'm like, I'm doing all of this madness. Like, I'm not saying like you can't or you, but like there's certain, certain times I feel like some of my actions are not reflective of Christianity. And so, and so that restricts me. And, and that's why I'm like, you know what? A lot of Kanye's actions, he could be doing Sunday service, yeah. singing Christian songs and all of that stuff. But then on that same Sunday service, he's singing non-Christian songs. Do you get what I'm saying? They're, so that's, the that's choir, you know what? Do you get what I'm saying? The choir is, is singing like- What is a non-Christian song? Like what sexy, is a Christian uh, song? Sexy R&B songs. Like, can I ask, is that really what's happening? Sexual R&B songs. They usually change the words. They adapt the words. <laughs> Um, I'm done. No, but do you, get, do you get my point though? So yeah, ultimately, yeah, it's, no, but it's complex. It. And like, we can't be like, oh, we can't be simplistic. Kanye's faith is for Kanye, mm -hmm. but like we shouldn't be holding it up as a beacon of Christianity. Can I, can I just ask a question from what you said? I'm just want to clarify that during the Sunday service, he doesn't just sing Christian music or gospel he, music. He mixes art, because I did not know this. So, this so anything that they take, oh, it's, so it's for not, example, if they take like an old R&B song, they won't sing the original R&B lyrics. They will use... They will always adapt, they will always edit the lyrics. Okay. You know, for the purpose Me, I'm, okay. I'm just like, you know what? It's just, it, it's, it's a great it's area. Like, it's, like, it's a great it's area like, for me. It's like, it's like Marmite, you know, it's, you're either gonna love it or you're not gonna love it. No, no, on a musical um, level, I love it, but like, yeah. I just don't think we should hold it up as a beacon of true Christianity. But then what is the beacon of true Christianity I don't think mature Christians Jesus. are holding exactly. it up. Exactly. So <laughs> there's nobody on this earth that is Jesus anyway. I don't, I don't think that the mature Christian is holding Kanye up as a, yeah, as no, a but Kanye's influence is not over the mature Christian. No, Kanye's but influence out. is over non-Christians and over like yeah, you know yeah, young yeah. Christians. It's not like you know your pastor is not watching Kanye. But the, like, but but, but, you get what I'm saying? but is the gospel being preached though? Yes. Can I just say something? Um, I was watching a show yesterday, and um, the, the the ministry was just about songs of praise, and the whole service was singing. Was this Kanye? No. <laughs> talking about the, the one with the old white ladies on BBC One? No, 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 no. This was oh, like, like an African channel. Oh, wow. <laughs> Sorry, I found myself there last night. Um, but yeah, and all they did was just sing and sing and sing and sing. And I realised that even in my, my mum's a vicar, even in church, I'm not ministered through sermon. I'm ministered through music. And that's just myself. And I know when my... Mummy, don't kill me, Sha. But when my mum starts her sermon, she, there are people that are listening, I'm just like... It's not, I don't feel it. Yeah, but as soon as praise and worship kicks in, I feel it deep. And that's why I think Kanye might, not be reach, might be reaching the masses, but he is reaching a few people that naturally will not listen to those kind of words. Exactly. In yeah. Naturally. And he's using his audience for something good. Mm. We cannot judge. Yeah, yeah. Even um, if he decides that he's doing, one, tomorrow now, he wants to go and do uh, drugs. 
that's on him. I've learned just literally take the good, take the positive. Mm. And really promote that positive and pray that, you know what, let this thing get better. But it's and, hard to be discerning. Yeah. It's hard. When you're young, it's hard to be discerning. Oh, we're all real human beings. So I feel like, I feel like when it, come, it comes to a point where we need to start sharing our experiences, yeah. I think as a Christian, mm. Kanye West is not, is, not the be, is not the best example, but maybe... No maybe one Yeah, no one's yeah, an example, yeah, yeah. but then more people need to put their, I'm just saying their people, experiences. No, I'm just saying people need to be careful and take it with a pinch of salt. That's it. But I'm not saying, I'm not judging Kanye. I'm not saying Kanye is not a good Christian. I'm not saying Kanye is not worshipping God on that hill every week. I'm not saying any of these. I'm just saying we need to be but, careful in yeah. saying, yeah, that's wicked, man. Like, you know, all Christians should but watch it. But to your it. point of sharing yeah. your faith, I think just because some, just because, and to your point of sharing faith of why, you know, you can, he's doing these other things and other Christians might look up to it. That's not a reason to stop sharing our faith. Mm. That is never a reason because then the Bible, the message of God will never ever get anywhere because nobody's perfect. Mm. There are some days I lose it with some people. They might think, oh gosh. But at the same time, there are a lot of days where it's very conscious, the witness I have. And I think it comes to that witness, like what is your witness? And that is what is between us and God alone. No other man. Well, to be honest, I've seen pictures, but I don't really know anything about it. So yeah. I want to ask two questions. One. Is it just music or does he preach the gospel at these events? Does anyone know? I think it's just music. I mean, I saw DMX preaching. Um, um, uh, I saw DMX, the not preaching. I saw him praying at one of them. I saw a clip. So there's a diversity of what you would see at a, at a traditional church service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you have, um, you have encouragement, sometimes you have exhortation, sometimes you have prayer. Once in a while, I'm sure he might have had a sermon once or, or twice, mm. but it is definitely music and gospel focused. Mm. Well, then my second question would be, is, is Kanye trying to be a teacher? No. Kanye has always tried to be yeah, a teacher. What are you talking nice. about? No, Kanye's whole mission is to be like a figurehead. He said, I want to be like Steve Jobs. He said he wants to be like Walt Disney. Here's my point, here's my point, okay? It says, it says, I think first of all, the title worship leader is nowhere in the Bible. Okay, it doesn't exist in the Bible. There was worshipers, but worship leader. So I think church on a Sunday, the worship is very important. Um, and in our individual lives, because you, we're giving God worth. That's what worth, worship means, to give something worth. And I think it's an amazing thing. We can encounter God through that. But is it church if, one, there's not fellowship, and two, there isn't teaching of the gospel? Because, I mean, that's what the Bible talks about, you know, in the ecclesia, in the church. Um, but secondly, it says that um, in James that not many of you should become teachers because you're judged more strictly um, by God. So well, if that's if you, what if you, if you if you if you watch the videos, yeah. you will see fellowship between mm. people mm. who love one another. Yeah. See, this is and I they, don't know. That's why I'm asking. Okay. Yeah. So so I I would encourage you to watch the videos. Mm. Sunday service. Just just hashtag, hashtag Sunday service. Um, I love Kanye. Mm. Right. Um, yeah, I like Kanye too. And and I love him for his genius. Right. Mm. He may be a. Um, he, he, he may be a little bit misled, but Kanye is an absolute genius he's at talented. what he does. And, and what he's doing right now is just expressing himself mm -hmm. and he's bringing some of the most anointed, most, most uh, talented musicians mm -hmm. into one room to sing gospel music. That is, that is the gospel mm -hmm. being preached. 
that is when when you when you release a worship song when you're singing Fred Hammond that mm. is the gospel being preached to millions and millions of people mm. no matter how 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 much they can t uh, you know whether they take it in or not that's the gospel being preached mm. and so for me I'm I'm not saying I don't know like I said earlier on I don't know whether or not Kanye is a Christian or he's not a Christian mm. but for me what I feel is that the gospel is being preached. And I feel like people are being inspired yeah. by this man mm. who is putting millions and millions and millions of dollars of his own money yeah. into, into this project called Sunday Service. In the last couple of months, the world lost one of its most talented, most informed rappers, the, the, the LAOG Nipsey Hussle. Now, um, in the wake of his passing, there was a lot of, I mean, there was a lot of support, there was, there was just so much conversation in regards to who Nipsey was and his impact and the kind of music he made. And um, a particular comment that was made that really, really sparked a lot of heads online and within the, and within the culture was from the OG Jermaine Dupree when he said, I, when he tweeted, um, and forgive me, because this might be verbatim, he said, I believe that Nip was Jesus. Now, I'm not coming to ask you if Nipsey Hussle was Jesus Christ. I ain't, I ain't coming to ask you that, but I do want to know if you guys think, think that there is a comparison between Nip and Jesus. So Nipsey died at 33 and so did Jesus. Um, Nipsey made a good impact in LA. He invested in his people. He educated people. He loved on people. And to a degree, I think we can definitely, um, as people of faith, but also as humanists, you, you know, agree that Jesus made impact, he informed and he loved on people. And so I'm asking, is there a comparison? Is there a parallel there between Nip and Jesus? Nobody's Jesus, man. I think we need to be careful. I feel, I feel like we need to be careful in when people die we turn them into gods and like, like mini gods. Like we make them into like with small Gs. Not even saints, like people do it. Like when people are talking about, forget the idea of sainthood. Like people actually do it where they're like, you know what, that was that person, like, you know, they did this and they did that. And like, you know, my, my friend Victor died last year and he was 33 and he had positive impact in his community and he had all of these things. Was he Jesus? Like, do you get what I'm saying? Like, I think we have to be careful because obviously, like, God uses people and God works through people. And like, you know, there are angels amongst us. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, I, 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 it makes me kind of like almost want to so cringe man, when we say, say when we say someone's Jesus. Like, that's no, a I bit totally get. I think the language is very the language is controversial and it can be quite uncomfortable. Martin, I'd like to ask you. Would you say that, so just touching on Confirmi's point, would you say that you'd feel that Jesus or that God worked through Nipsey? Oh yeah, 100%. I feel like just through what Nipsey was, if you, I don't know if it, how, how much people know Nipsey um, from on this table, but just if you look back at just how he spoke as a person, the things that he, he tried to do with his family, with his community, he definitely, God was definitely working through him. And I feel like the God spirit was definitely in him. But I feel like, in this generation, or maybe not, not this generation, but we're so quick to just put labels and titles on things. Like we're so quick to like compare something to something that's come yeah. before, rather than just letting the person be the person. Nipsey was a great person. We should just hold it as that. As that. He, he he tried to do his thing. Unfortunately, his life was taken, and um, before he wanted before he wanted it. And let's just like let let's take like it's, um, you were saying about taking pos the, the positives and things. We should look at what Nipsey was doing and what he was trying to do. Take the positives from that, and then and yeah, learn from it and let and let the man rest. I think off of what Martin was saying, um, I think what we fail to understand is our purpose on this earth is actually to serve each other, to serve, help, and just be 
of service. And I feel like Nipsey did what he's supposed to do. And we applaud him and we're inspired by him. And that's great for everyone else on this table to learn and do the same thing in their lives and help their community. But that's what you're supposed to do. I don't feel like it's something that permits you to be compared to Christ. Like, that's our job. You have done your job. So well done, rest in peace. Thank you for teaching us on how we should be and let's now do our part. And that's I how I totally feel. you guys, I totally do. I just remember that growing up, I used to hear a lot of different things like, you know, you, you know, always do your best and, and always represent well, and, and, you know, the kingdom because you might be the only Jesus that somebody ever meets. Mm. Now for a lot of people, I'm, and, and I'm playing angel's advocate, for a lot of people, they might never nat organically come to know Christ. They might never organically come to know about a church service or, do you know what I mean? So when we talk about Kanye, when we talk about Nipsey in particular, they hear a Nipsey song, a Nipsey saying every single day, keep getting up and keep trying your best, keep praying, keep walking, don't give up. And that's the first Jesus that they met. Mm -hmm. And I think, I kind of propose to you guys to think on the first Jesus that you ever met. Maybe it was actually Christ and you're so blessed to have that, but for some of us, we don't have that privilege. And so for some people, I'm just throwing that out. I'm not trying to make that, I'm not, I'm not trying to say he was, I, because I don't think that. But I think the parallel might exist in the fact that for some people, he was the first point of faith, mm. the first point of godly principle, the first point of Christ that they ever made contact with. And I think that's what perhaps people are trying to insinuate. I think it's not Jesus. I think it's the word you think, the first point of service, of love. Because that's the ultimate. I'm going to round up our Nipsey segment with loving God, loving people. Mm -hmm. No? Yeah. You can never go wrong with that. So I've got a final question for you guys. And um, I'm really, really keen to what you guys have to say because we're all so different. But do Christians have an obligation to, to the type of content that they have to make? So are there certain protocols? Is there a type of content? And is there a type of aesthetic? And is there a type of faith system that has to work in the content that we make? I will take this as Or that tea. Christians make, shall I say? I think so, for the simple fact that if you have a following, you need to understand with social media, it's very easy for you to influence not one person for a conversation, but hundreds of people through one post. So yeah, definitely, I do think there needs to be some sort of moderation to what you post as a Christian. This is such a touchy subject because I don't want to go into I don't want to go into private. I mean, I'd love to answer that because actually, for me, it's a it's an ongoing debate that I have with myself, right? So I came into the industry. I made a film called Kid Out. That was like street kids, like doing whatever. And then you know, I've since gone on to create content myself, which like you know, I made a film. We were talking about me and my friend. were talking. I was on my way here and I was on the phone to him, and he was talking about the fact that actually our content is um, we, need to, we need to put ideas. We, don't, we can't be overly preachy because people turn, up, turn off, but we need to put ideas into our content that represent what we believe in. And would and, you say uh, that your content inspires people to think about God? In bad people, do you know what, do you know what? To be fair, like, you know, I remember when we were doing, um, I don't know, my recent film, The Intent 2, I don't know if it does that, but I remember when we were making The Intent 1, the first one, and we were like, we knew that film was going to work before we made it. And I kept saying to my writing partner, like, we need to put something about God in there. So we created this whole character, which is the character that I play in the film, that's like Christian and like, you know, he's like on the streets with his friends and then he, he drops out and starts going to church and all of that stuff. And like, we created this whole character because actually my conscience wouldn't let me rest, like in creating this film where it was about these guys just on road doing crud, like, you know, and then, when um, we did the sequel, we weren't able to carry that through as much, but we we, introduced, we put elements of that into it. But I felt like with the intent one, it was very pr um, prominent. My first film, It's A Lot, 
we put, um, it was about, um, it was, there was a backstory of people, um, African Leukemia Trust and stuff like that. And so like, for me, I feel like you definitely, I find it difficult and it's something that I wrestle with in my work yeah. on an ongoing basis. However, I feel like as a Christian, part of, part of like, you know, God gave us the ability to create. Mm. Do you get what I'm saying? Like exactly. creation, like through create, creating content, all of that. It's like, we're trying, it's almost we, we as humans are always yearning to create because that, because we are like God, we were made in God's image and God is a creator. And so we are constantly, whatever, what, whatever we're doing, I feel like humans that do jobs that don't allow them to create, it breaks them. So like when you talk to people and they're doing jobs and they're like, oh, do you know what? I feel like a machine. I hate my job. I want another job. It's because they're not creating. And so in creation, we need to be conscious to create content that reflects God. But I don't know if I do that. I don't, I don't, I, I've it's never, a, I don't even know if I've ever done that. It's a tricky one because yeah. there's one thing, there's one thing that I, that I really firmly believe in and I saw it once on an interview from TD Jakes and he said that if Jesus was walking amongst us today, he would be a filmmaker. Now I flip and reverse that as a theatre director and I say that I think he'd work in the theatre industry and I think, you know, for you, he, he might have been a dancer. I feel like he would have been a creative and that's the essence yeah. that, that, that Femi is describing. And I, and I want to throw it out to Junior and to Tim. We were talking about this earlier, weren't yeah. we, Junior? Like, that I think my prayer for for a while had to be god how do i make the music because i'm i'm working with a secular um distribution company or label mm -hmm. i'm managed by secular people i'm in the secular industry i do sessions with secular people um i do worship stuff in church but that's almost separate because i know that the things that i'm meant to be doing right now is not in church necessarily. I do that stuff in church and on Sunday mornings I do worship, but I think my prayer was, God, how do I make the songs I'm writing worship to you? And uh, he gave me this, he gave me this word and I haven't really told many people this, um, but he said, he reminded me of Jesus's first miracle when he turned the water into wine at the wedding. And he said, you just need to keep bringing me water and I'm gonna turn it into wine. Mm -hmm. So since then I just write songs. I don't write, they're not, worship songs as we know it you know and i think there's a time and a place for that there totally is and there's those throne room songs you know where we sing holy 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 we join in with what heaven's saying but there's also people need to hear god's heart for them and they might not be ready to hear that on a sunday morning so for example i'm writing a song right now um about god speaking to someone who is essentially wanting to kill themselves and that's what the song is a letter from God to them. And that you're not going to listen to it. It's not going to be like a gospel song as we know it. But my music definitely needs to be worship because everything I do, it's not just about music or when I'm on a stage or when I'm doing an Instagram story. It's my life. Yeah. What do people see behind the scenes? Do I live that perfectly? No. But I know that there's a higher calling constantly, constantly, constantly. I think that um, the chasm or the bridge between the church and the marketplace um, is slowly closing, mm -hmm. um, slowly closing, because I think that um, we're recognizing that um, we're all human mm -hmm. and we need one another. And so um, just because I'm a Christian, I can't rule out my humanity. No and so, you know, um, a few years ago, I was watching a a documentary with Bono 
um, urging worship leaders to be more honest with their songs. And um, I can't tell you how much freedom that brought me because for years and years, I've been writing some of the most honest and vulnerable songs about my life and what I go through and what I've been through. Um, but it's been very difficult for me as a, as, a, as a Christian, as a songwriter, as a worship leader, yeah. you know, as an artist um, to, uh, you know, to, you know, to talk about, to talk about those things, because maybe they may be looked at as controversial. But I think that, um, you know, you can't, you, you know, you can't rule out your humanity just mm. because you're a Christian. Mm. Um, but at the same time, I think that there needs to be balance. And I think that, you know, um, who we are as Christians, um, we have to learn what it is, what it means to be with God. Yeah. In our own in our own time. And yeah. so, you know, when I'm writing, when I'm creating, when I'm directing something, um, it's all on to him. Yeah. So, you know, so I was talking to you uh, earlier on today about, you know, what am I going to do to beautify the earth? Like, what can I do to make the, the world a more beautiful place? Mm -hmm. And you that's know? dope because the way you make it beautiful is going to be so different to how Navina does it. Absolutely. Or what Chris is doing and what Femi does. Do you know what I mean? Or what Martin does. Mm. And it's just exciting. And one thing, they, one thing that Junior said that I love is that we're all human and we all need each other. Mm. And I think that's mm. just, that's beautiful, no? Mm. I love no. Bono too, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I like a little bit of Bono, you know. Cool. <laughs> I love Bono. Nah, cool. guys, this has been absolutely dope. We've been sharing, we've been talking, we've been vibing, and we've been talking up the things and them. So guys, this has been The Roundtable. Namigyo TD Moyo. Stay locked in, stay locked in, and let us know what you guys think.